Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 329. On this episode, we've got some cancellation and renewal news, and then we'll be talking about the series premiere of Roadies, the sixth season finale of Game of Thrones, and the third season finale of Silicon Valley, followed by a little bit of talk of recent episodes of Preacher and Unreal. As always, you can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 329. I'm Jason the TVaholic from tvaholic.com, and this week I have joining me... Carla Day from TV Die Hard and Buddy TV. And Grant Davis from thetvdudes.com. I'm also on uh, thebeerist.com and ragesleck.com. But those are video game and beer ones. I don't know if people are interested you never know, you know, you, you play video games on your TV while you're drinking a beer. It's, it's all, uh, yeah, hey, <laughs> it's all, it's all synergy there. I have a limited amount of time. I got to cram it all in at sure, the same time. Get... All right. Well, thank you both for joining me this week. Yeah, thanks. It was cool. Uh, well, a couple of weeks ago now to actually met you in person, Grant, at uh, ATX. Down yeah, in, that was a lot Austin. of fun. Did you have a good time at it? Yeah. That was the second time I've gone, and it's just—it's pretty much on the list of things to do now. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm—I'm I'm just so impressed year after year. The people running the ATX Television Fest just knock it out of the park, and 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 they just seem to handle growth so well. It's such a fun event. Yeah, and then next week I get to see you, Carla, in person. So it's sort of a an interesting transition of things from having met Grant down in Austin and then come up and visit uh, Chicago next week. And once again, still taking suggestions for places I should go eat. And, uh, oh, geez, I'm sure there's going to be plenty. <laughs> so so s- send it my way. All right. And with that, we'll jump into the news. A few things that were announced over the last week. Uh, FX announced that they have renewed Archer for an 8th, ninth, and 10th season, all of 8 episodes each. That's so ridiculous. That's so much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they must just love that show. It, and it must be cheap to do, right? I I don't know. I don't know how cheap it is to do animation or whatever or, or, or whatnot. I, I mean, the style, voiceover yeah. stuff. I, and I imagine they have, like, a lot of the character animation sequences, like, all that kind of locked down and... Uh, like repeated animation tricks that can cut down on time, but still. Yeah, I think it was the one season where they did like the Miami Vice season. Yeah. Where it turned out to be a lot of work because they had to create like all new, <laughs> like they weren't, they weren't using, you know, all the created, you know, like offices and things that they had been using before. They were, they had to, yeah. they had to create all kinds of stuff. And I think they went like back, <laughs> I think they pivoted yeah. back like the next season to, now they have, like, the Cyril Figgis investigation firm or whatever it's called. <laughs> Do you guys keep up to date on that show? Uh, I I haven't since the I, – I never really got into it in the beginning. Uh, yeah, I ended up falling off after, like, the third season. It just seemed – I think the problem is they just kind of kept repeating the same jokes over and over after a while. Like, they, they kind of found their groove with, uh, like, these these jokes, and then it just became way too repetitive. Like catchphrase of the week. Uh, but I love the talent behind the show. Next up, uh, HBO has now canceled vinyl 
after one season after having renewed it for a second season and then changing their mind. <laughs> no I, renewals are safe anymore. Well, we do I we do live in the TV world now where nothing is ever actually renewed or actually dead. Well, yeah, it's like, what does that mean for Archer then? Yeah, (laughs) with the three seasons, maybe. Yeah, it's it's just their present state is. (laughs) Yeah, they did the same thing with uh, the Brink, the Jack Black show. They had renewed it for a second season, then they went, "Mm, just kidding. Yikes! Yeah, I think I can't remember. I think like somebody new took over at HBO. Uh, uh, well, or whatever. Terrence Winter was running the show. He's a guy from uh, Boardwalk Empire. And this had been like a 10-year project. I was listening to some interview with him. And he'd been working on this with Scorsese. And there was supposed to be a movie for like years. And finally, he took his baby and turned it into a TV show for HBO. And then he got kicked off of it. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Yeah. But then you have like the show was it got mostly critically panned. Oh, it was muddy. It was nobody. It it didn't really – a lot of people didn't really watch it. And so it became one of those things where they almost, like, picked it up because of, like, the people behind it. Yeah. And that's one of those things that I'm just, like, I get that you want to work with certain talent, but if certain talent produces a big pile of crap, you know, like – Yeah. Well, they renewed it after, like, episode two, I think. I think they renewed it early on before they realized that it just kind of dropped off and it couldn't maintain any sort of momentum. But it was sort of the same thing with The Brink. Like, they renewed it because of, like, the people in it and involved with it and then looked back at it. You know, nobody was actually really watching this. It's not really helping our brand. I think it's super interesting because, like, HBO has... I mean, Game of Thrones has got, what, one more season left? And uh, Leftovers has got one more season. This one's now gone. Like all their dramas are kind of uh, petering out, so yeah, it, it'll be interesting. On uh, now. Yeah, <laughs> Westworld's got to be their next big uh, genre one, and then they have the what the Night of just debuted, I guess on HBO. Uh, yeah, I don't I know that, how that one's going to be. I haven't checked it out yet. Yeah, I think that comes up next week, but mm. that's but that's only su- supposed to be like a limited series. I suppose it could be one of those that they could turn into. Yeah, know, like a. You know, like true detective type of style of show where it's. A oh, they story. have that new David Simon one, right? The uh, like seventies New York porn industry. Yeah. Thing <laughs> that David Simon's doing. Yeah, yeah uh, they've got they've got some stuff in the works, but so far they haven't hit on anything. Really recently, yeah. in especially in the drama things. I mean, some of their comedies have been doing uh, pretty well. Uh, yeah. But, uh, well, they'll work it out. I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> I'm I'm sure HBO will be just fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then lastly on the list, uh, Hulu has renewed Casual for a third season, so I'm sure Amory was super happy to hear that, uh, since that's like one of her favorite shows. I've never been able to uh, catch the show. I hear good things. I just started watching it a week or two ago. I think I'm three or four episodes into the first season. I like it so far. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just couldn't get into it in the first couple episodes. And there was something that bothered me in the first episode that I was just like, I don't really want to watch the show. <laughs> and I was like, maybe it gets good and gets funny or interesting later on. And you just have to get by, you know, some of the some of the stuff in the beginning. Uh, but it, I don't know. 
in this day well, and age, it's, it's this doing something age, right. Yeah. Hulu, right, at least. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but in this day and age of all the TV shows, I have a little bit more of a quicker on on things when uh, you know. Yeah. It's kind of filling my my the void of catastrophe being done for two seasons now. We'll see if it kind of holds that or not. But I really like catastrophe on uh, Amazon. I always confuse the two. Yeah, that one's also super short, though. Like, it's only like six episodes each season. I know. So, yeah. It's not even like watch it in an afternoon. You can, like, watch it in a couple hours almost. Or is that one longer? Is that one an hour? No, it's it's a half hour, but, yeah, it's only like six episodes. Yeah, so you can watch it. In, yeah, you can watch it in, like, three hours or something like that. So, But it works for the short seasons. I mean, I've wanted more, but they tell pretty closed-ended stories for a comedy so it works but i'm i'm looking forward to seeing more of casual amory got me hooked on that one yeah yeah, yeah. amory is there she should be like a hulu ambassador at least for at least for casual exactly <laughs> she's out there just converting people left and right to watch the show <laughs> all right that'll do it for the news and we'll move on to the primetime segment first up Unreal season two episode four treason, uh, which I I did get a chance to watch. That's the episode that actually airs tonight as we're recording. But uh, what do you think so far, Carla, of where Unreal is headed so far this season? Oh my god, these people are so awful. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> they are just awful. I mean, I didn't think they could get any worse than convincing or not convincing, but basically pushing someone to commit suicide but i mean it's awful yeah they're they're getting you know they they got the one uh the one uh muslim gal to drink to loosen up and then ultimately ended up cutting her anyways <laughs> and they were telling her she needed to loosen up or she was going to get cut they've got the the football player who decides to get shot up so that he can continue to hide his injury but not knowing that his back is in pain he could totally blow his disc and end up paralyzed and he's let Rachel basically talk him into that the weird thing about the show is how all the characters know they're on the show they all know that they're being manipulated yet they all like end up getting manipulated and stuff like that but yeah that's uh and the whole in this episode the whole uh uh, Quinn and Rachel, you know, where I think Rachel was actually trying to be sincere about Quinn's father, but Quinn wasn't having any of it after Rachel had gone gone to the network. Okay, so Quinn totally was awful to Rachel at the end of last season. <laughs> Rachel forgave her, and now, like, Quinn is... She just says the meanest things to Rachel... And I'm surprised, given her mental instability, that she hasn't cracked. I mean, to have someone basically, like, tell you you're a loser in the most, like, awful way, the most sensitive, like, your most sensitive sensitive areas, like, day after day, I mean, I don't get it. And Rachel just wants, like, Quinn to, you know, they she just wants to be, like, sisters again or, you know, buddies, and Quinn is just, she's even worse this year than last year, I think. But I actually think that 
Rachel's probably the saner of the two right now. Yeah. Or even <laughs> even the three. I mean, Chet's totally like lost his marbles. I mean, come on, ki- kidnapping his own kid. Yeah, you you knew that was coming at some point in time in the episode when you said that. He, oh yeah. He gave the nanny. <laughs> The nanny the day off while his wife was or ex wife was out of town and he had already lost the custody battle on the show. You knew that was you knew that one was coming. The whole I don't know, the the whole setup of the show is just it really is you sitting there watching and going, Oh my god, I can't believe they just said that. Oh my god, I can't believe they <laughs> can't believe they're doing that. And that they here into the second season, they still are maintaining that that sort of draw of like what is going to happen, what is going to happen next. I have to say, I do like the addition of Coleman. I didn't think I'd like it, but I like Coleman and Rachel working together. Um, he's almost like the exact, you know, he's the opposite of Quinn. He is smart. He does know what will work on TV, but he's trying to draw what the best out of Rachel. Whereas Quinn just is trying to draw out like the worst of her, yeah, or like whatever she he she needs at like that exact moment, yeah, you know, to get you know something else. And what's what's so funny about Quinn's character is that, like you said, she was completely awful to her at the end, and then they sort of made up, and they were like all buddy buddy, and she becomes the, you know, Quinn moves up, Rachel becomes the showrunner, and. They get going, and then Chet comes back and, you know, messes with everything in the beginning. And then Rachel actually takes a stab at something which would totally be something Quinn would do. <laughs> yeah, you know? like she – you would think that Dean would be, like, proud of her for doing that. Yeah, almost, like – and but then once she finds out, she totally holds it against her. You know, even though Rachel tried to say she was just trying to do what's best for the show, she she did. She was trying to do what was best for the show, but also take a little take a little grab at at a little more power uh, herself. But yeah, but then Quinn turns around and is just totally terrible to her again, and you're just like, why would anybody? Why would she not do what she did the way you you know the way you treat her? Exactly. Uh, and and you, you, you also f- feel that at any given time, if it would work out better for Quinn, she would throw Rachel under the bus in a second. What do you think about the whole Ruby hooking up with Darius at the end and them videoing, you know, getting it on film? Do you think Ruby knows they're filming it? I'm, I'm not sure. I, I think maybe because it was, wasn't it Jay and, and a cameraman? That was there, yeah. and he's the one that that's told her that if he listen, if she listens to her, that he can get her to the end of the show instead of exited off early, like it was originally planned for her to be. Uh, so uh, I don't know, maybe maybe she does know, which is also super terrible because she's supposed to be like the high minded with all the morals, but then would totally just. <laughs> come in and sit down and be like this is not part of the game i just really want to know what you know what the deal is and then if she actually knew the whole time that they were going to be filming it uh she's sort of like fallen down the rabbit hole herself <laughs> within you know what like just a few days here that they've been you know that they've been filming 
so through episode four, like who is your favorite contestant? I don't know. That's that's interesting because, I mean, sort of the, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. It's like you kind of think like the the one that's the, the football princess. Yet she was willing to, you know, go down on a guy to get off the show. Yeah, early what on. That and so and so you're like, that's that's not great. And uh, the little southern girl, I don't know. At times. The the one they call Hot Rachel, except that in this last episode, she was just trying to get a set of keys or trying to get something from him. Uh, so I like, get what that is. yeah, I don't I don't know what those keys were for that she or that she was grabbing there. Uh, but like she maybe was, to get into Darius. I don't know, or, or into something else or something. I don't know what those go to, but it was just everybody. Last year, there was actually a couple of characters where you sort of felt for them. They they were being manipulated. Uh, this year, there's characters that are being manipulated, but then there's also some that are totally, you know, like falling into pools, even though they're college championship, you know, championship you know, college swimmers, you know, and and needing to be rescued, and and so. There's well, you gotta give of... Hot Rachel credit. She she is pretty smart. Yeah, but now, but now it seems to have moved from trying to play the game to being a little bit devious. Where she <laughs> she's basically been I'm blanking on his name. What's the cameraman guy's name? Uh, Jeremy. Yeah, she's been sort of you know buddying up to to Jeremy and then moving moving things a little bit further here in the. In the last episode, you know, in this last episode, for obviously some other reason, maybe more than just trying to win the game or, you know, make it to the end or whatever. Uh, so I, I don't know. Everybody, it does give you like a different season. Like it's not exactly the same as last season in how the, you know, sort of the contestants are on the show. I don't know. Do you have. Do you have one that you like? I'm not sure that I actually like anybody on the show. <laughs> I like, you know, she's considered the wifey, but I think Tiffany, um, you know, the the wealthy football owner's daughter. I like her mostly because she's just not really, she's not playing the game. She just is who she is. And, you know, partially too, she doesn't need Darius. She'll be fine. I do like hot Rachel because I think she's smart too. Um, but I'm curious what her game is. Cause we don't really know right now. And I'm intrigued by Ruby finally kind of giving up that like militant aspect and like seeing a little bit more of the softer side to her. Um, maybe who she really is, is kind of coming out. Or when she got drunk on the football field. She was like, I'm just going to be a doctor. Yeah. So, yeah, she's sort of getting into it. I do like that kind of the main women that we're seeing this season versus last season, they're smart women. So it's it's and they're not just there to get a man, even though that's kind of the idea of the show. Um, And they're kind of playing by their own rules and not and manipulating the game in their own way versus having Rachel um, or Quinn manipulate them. 
so I kind of like that aspect that they're kind of so far, at least kind of overcoming that. I and mean, we still get the manipulations with some of the secondary characters, um, which works well for them, but I'm interested to see where it goes. Yeah. Especially with all the, all the behind the scenes stuff too, with, everybody has their own agenda and is trying to make a different show at any given time. And they're all fighting against each other to try and drive forward. I can only imagine like what kind of footage they actually have and what, what type of episodes they could actually make out of some of the stuff that they've gotten since somebody will be pulling in a completely different direction. And then somebody will pull it completely back the other way. And uh, so there's been a lot more of that behind the scenes too. Well, and I'm interested to see, you know, in now at the end of episode four, you know, you have Rachel saying, OK, we're just going to do two more episodes and then you'll be out. We'll cut the season short. And then, like, how will that play? Like, if Everlasting ends up being a shortened season, like, I mean, we're only in episode four, so there's nine episodes to go. So something <laughs> has to give. And is it that? Darius will leave and something else will happen or, you know, will they just end up extending Darius to stay out? You know, maybe by episode eight, he's a paralyzed <laughs> suitor. <laughs> Who knows? You know, I don't know. This, this show goes some, some interesting places, but it definitely is, is keeping me interested on the, on that side of things with the number of TV shows all the time and whatnot. This is one that I have been, you know, keeping up with here, at least early on into the season. Me too. Uh, the second season. So, and with that, on to the next show on the list, which is also something that I've been keeping up with from week to week, because if you don't, you can't go anywhere <laughs> without, especially online. You can't even go to the grocery store. <laughs> well, you can't turn, you know, you can't turn on the radio. You can't even, you know, or listen to a podcast or anything that is not even on the subject of Game of Thrones somebody still might mention something that happened uh, the, you know, the, the night before uh, on it. And so you really have to, uh, this is one that you definitely have to watch night of, or just really stay away from everybody. I mean, you can't even go online because somebody will post a headline that is not supposed to be spoilery, but is totally spoilery <laughs> or at least makes you think about certain things. But yeah, know. it's like, oh, you won't guess who died this episode, and then they'll have a picture of a character <laughs> underneath. They're like, well, I guess I can guess yeah, now. Yeah. You but you're also like, but thanks, I now know for sure that a character dies in this episode. Yeah, either way. I hate watching an episode where the whole time you're going, okay, you get like 45 minutes into an hour, and you're like, okay, somebody's going to die. Nobody's died yet, so it's, yeah. it's going to I happen. know what's happening at the end. <laughs> yeah, know, You're like... Okay, you're just watching the situations going, okay, is that going to, is that going to, so. There was actually one episode where no one died. <laughs> that for the first time. That would have been a great headline. Nobody died tonight on Game of Thrones. Uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, so, Grant, what did, uh, what did you think of the sixth season and where things ended up here with uh, episode 10, The, the Winds of Winter? season? Man, it was amazing. This entire season was just incredible. Uh, I, I thought there was maybe one episode I thought that was kind of weak. Um, it was, oh man, like episode uh, 
eight or seven. I don't remember which one it was. That was a little bit slower than the rest. That was but, just the uh, lull before the storm, man. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Uh, the director of these last two episodes, I mean, just killed it. The Battle of the Bastards and then, then this one, The Winds of Winter. It's the guy who did uh, Hard Home last season, uh, which had that amazing like 30-minute uh, battle sequence out, out in uh, north of the wall. Uh, and I think that that director is just phenomenal. And the, the whole entire in, intro sequence with uh, with everyone getting dressed for the trial for Cersei, with the, the musical score and all of it, uh, I, I just feel like this show has really uh, also stepped up its game like with the cinematography. It just blows me away each week. I, I loved it. Uh, everything about this episode, it seemed to just like... It, it tightly uh, resolved all of the loose threads of different characters while setting up new story sequences for next season, more speculation for what's going to happen. I mean, we finally have Daenerys like going to Westeros. All of it. Love it. What do you guys think? Yeah, how about you, Carla? I loved it. I thought the last two episodes together were just the best the show's done. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, this season is by far the best since season one. And, you know, the only thing that I can really think that would really is a reason why this season's been so good is they finally weren't tied to the books. And so they could really tell a television show, the story as a television show. Um, I have to say my favorite part of last night's episode, The Winds of Winter, is that they finally got rid of a lot of characters. So going into... (laughs) Going into now the last two seasons, we can focus on part of why I didn't like the last two or three seasons. Primarily, there were just way too many stories and characters. Yeah, um, they this, all just kept popping up more and more. Yeah, and this season did a pretty good job of um, handling all those characters. But now we're now we're down to the core characters again, which makes me even more excited. You know, going forward. But I mean, everything was just brilliant about this episode. There's certainly a lot less contenders for that throne now <laughs> with, uh, with the move Cersei made. It's like, okay, we can uh, count all those people out. That's good. What's interesting is I've never read the books and my, during the first season I wrote a, a series of blogs um, from a non-reader's point of view. And uh, yeah. the, the characters that I thought would be going for the throne, you know, at this point are the ones that are left. So, um, and the ones that I liked. So that kind of makes me happy as well. Yeah, <laughs> they, I think they kind of established some of those characters that are that you have something you still want to root for. I mean, no one's going to root for Ramsey or Joffrey, but uh, you certainly want to root for someone like Arya or Daenerys or Jon Snow. John. You can, don't forget Jon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, the, I think the thing about this season is that they spent a good it, i mean it started out a little bit more all over the place but they've consolidated you know some of the characters so now you have these groups back together and even more so here by the end where now you have you know like Jon Snow and all of that group there and then you have you know Daenerys and and her posse yeah everybody, rolling in everybody there and then you know Cersei and then you have I guess they're they're they've actually, I I forget what's what's the group the 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 women they killed off the, they killed off their prince the, at the beginning the of the people season. in 
And Dorn, yeah. Yeah, they're sort of, I guess, on board with Daenerys. In... Uh, yeah, Varys went over there Varys and uh, also there. teamed up with uh, Elena, the Queen of Thorns. And so, which, yeah, and so best he... way to make uh, people enjoy a Dorn scene is uh, <laughs> not have any of them talk and just have the uh, Lady Elena <laughs> talk, do all the speaking. <laughs> Tell them to shut up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she was fantastic. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was that was a good scene. But I think over time we've gotten, you know, more characters together so that now when they, they're telling story of these multiple characters, they're sort of telling like three different stories for the most part, instead of nine different stories. Yeah. And the interesting thing, uh, Carla, uh, having read the books is that the showrunners actually have done a pretty good job of, um, consolidating characters from the books into the show. Right. They'll, they'll take in like just drop characters out of there and say, okay, um, Jorah Mor- Mormont's going to cover this character and this character, and then uh, going to get rid of this guy, and uh, Yara's going to handle all that role. So they're already having to do a lot to adapt, and they've done such a great job. But I, I completely agree with you that I think that now that they aren't so um, tied to what's already been established in the books, they have free reign to operate with what TV needs to do to do it well. So is Jon Snow going to become Jon Stark Targaryen, or is it just going to be Jon Targaryen, or like what's his name going to be? Uh, I would imagine he he would become Jon Stark if if uh, he gets legitimized, I guess, up there. Uh, he doesn't know he's a Targaryen yet until uh, Bran comes by and spills the beans, I suppose. And even then, that's going to be kind of some shifty information. Hey, I touched a tree. <laughs> and uh, so I kind of know your whole back history. <laughs> yeah. Sure, Bran. So sure. no, you cannot sleep with Daenerys. <laughs> uh, although in the books, the, like the entire Targaryen line is uh, completely incestuous. Well, that's so, true. <laughs> I, don't know, I guess that was one section in the thing where I was like, "Wait, what did she say? What?" Because <laughs> like, oh, yeah, the yeah. scene is supposed because obviously it goes from the you know the black eyes of the baby to yeah, the Jon Snow. It's supposed to. It's like hitting you over the head. <laughs> This is the. But it was it was all whispered, and it was like yeah. even the subtitles weren't showing what's going on yeah. there. Huh? <laughs> and so, it like, whis- whispers away, and you're just like, "Wait, what? I'm, wait, what?" <laughs> so yeah, it, it seems like that's sort of what it is. But I suppose yeah. I suppose they could add in a, a a couple more words or something, or you know, maybe Bran actually could hear everything, even. <laughs> For us, we could. So, yeah, Jon Snow is the nephew of Daenerys. Then, interestingly yeah. enough, right? No, they're half siblings. Well, no, Rhaegar right? was her older brother, the guy who uh, got with uh, Stark, uh, Lyanna Stark. I, I thought that was her father. So I guess uh, he would be her nephew. He would be her nephew. who's like older than her. Or something. Yeah, no, it's, uh, there's a. It, there, well, like in a lot of cases, there's some weird family trees on this show. Yeah. Another really interesting thing about that whole uh, scene, if you want to go into like fan speculation and uh, the the red, uh, what are they called? Red witches, the red sorcerers, whatever Melisandre is. 
they have this prophecy of the chosen one, and, and she was thinking it was supposed to be Stannis for a long time, right? Well, there was a prophecy that the, the whoever is supposed to be the the bringer of light for Rolar, the god, red god, um, was supposed to be born under a red star. And in that scene, you see Eddard Stark go and lean his sword uh, against the bed. His his sword is named Dawn, and it's against that bloody red bed, which makes it this, this whole way of reading that, that prophecy of being born under a red star. Sorry if that's super nerdy. <laughs> about this. No, that's good. <laughs> but I thought uh, someone else pointed that out online. I was like, that is so amazing. So, so yeah, uh, he would be the, the chosen one if it wasn't already obvious enough that he was resurrected. <laughs> that uh, Also, he's kind of living up to some other prophecies that were put in uh, the book and maybe mentioned a little bit in the show. Yeah, but I think this whole episode, I mean, and being an extended episode and it didn't feel like an extended episode. I wanted more. Were, I was like... <laughs> yeah, every... There, well, there were a couple of times where scenes ended, and you're like, "Is that?" And then, oh, okay, we okay, yeah, that's, yeah, it that's was just like, the end of that story. Now we need that's to got to be the end, end of the show, right? Now we need no, to there's the, more. <laughs> yeah, we need to get the end of this, you know, to get the three, basically like the three major stories. We need to get like the end of those. It, it felt a little like uh, the the last Lord of the Rings, <laughs> the Return of the King, where you're like, <laughs> you had like four or five endings. I was like, "Is this, is this it?" Oh, but but in uh, in contrast to that movie. I was excited every time I got more of the show. <laughs> yeah. I was rooting for that movie to end. So which was your favorite kind of of the ending? The Jon Snow, King of the North, um, the ships coming across, or Cersei taking the throne? Ooh, my, mine was definitely uh, Jon Snow, but that was mainly because uh, little uh, Liana Mormont. She is I awesome. thought she just <laughs> stole the entire episode. I, and it was like it was such an echo of that. Uh, was it season one or season two? I don't remember what season it was, where uh, Catelyn Stark she uh, stands up in that one bar and calls on all calls out all those men to uh, arrest Tyrion. Oh and yeah, it, it right. just seems so, so like that where uh, little Lyanna Mormont like stands up and calls them out on their shit yeah. and says, "No, respect <laughs> Jon Snow," and she's the one who uh, basically uh, like puts him up on the pedestal instead of uh, Sansa. I thought it was all just like, man, she's such an awesome little actress. That was a great scene, especially, you know, like this child stands up and puts like all these grown men in their place for not, for not like, for not like following through, like on their word, you know, type of thing. And that, that was a great scene, but there were just so many, while I don't necessarily like Cersei as a character or whatever, that whole thing, I mean, that worked all of them yeah. worked really well and i think the ships and the dragons and all that stuff was a great like ending uh scene i think i think all of that stuff worked but it, it worked from beginning to end i mean the whole setup like you said of everybody getting dressed and then the whole you know trial in front of the seven and and then realizing that cersei's got a plan you know, she's yeah, it was setting, more artistic than yeah, they're usually. Been setting something up, do. and then uh, you realize that those barrels are all, you know, not full of wine. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, was, uh, it was the secret of the ooze juice from <laughs> yes, James Ninja Turtles, right? That's right. It was. And, and I did like the the references people made on Twitter, though, that are like, "It's ecto cooler." Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But yeah, that's the you know. The, you, know, you end up with a giant green fireball that just takes them all, you know, basically all her enemies out. 
Yeah, man, that looks amazing. The special effects on that too. And but then following that up with with the king just taking off his crown and turning around and walking out the window. Ah, uh, fuck. Like, yeah, I man. did not see that coming necessarily. You know that it was going to end up with Cersei on the throne. I mean, I don't understand how she can even take the throne. Though, I mean, um, all her sons that were on the throne were not birthday... Bar- blah, blah, blah. Well, there nobody else knows that, or supposedly knows they that. They all know that. Yeah, but nobody nobody really does. No one else her. could prove it. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no proof or whatever. There's, uh, But there's also, I don't know, I guess... I guess since she was married to the king, and then all the... All the sons and and children are all gone, so there's no successor that way. Yeah, she had the closest bloodline. I thought she was going to kill Tommen. I thought her dressing up in black was just like she had recognized that uh, she, like her son was going to die via that prophecy anyway, and so she was just going to take him out. That's what I had figured. But well, I thought you know that you know she she obviously was protecting him from going to uh, the trial. Because she knew yeah, it was yeah. about to explode, uh, but then, you know, with everything that's happened, and then it was, you know, knowing that his, uh, you know, his wife was there, and his his fragile state, anyways. That he just, oh man! That he just like, <laughs> turned around and just stepped out the window. It was like that was definitely a moment. I was like, wait, did that did that just happen? <laughs> like, did they? They just do that. It lingered there for a while, and I was like, "Oh no, that window's open. I know what's going to happen there." And then he just it walks right haunting. back into the scene and just walks right out, and you're like, "Oh my god, that's 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 unbelievable!" And then it just kept going from there. Yeah, like but, how he falls out of a window. It also is so similar. Like they're like him and uh, or Cersei and Jamie's kid falling out a window to his death. Their last kid. And you link it back to the very first episode of Jamie pushing Bran out a window. You're like, right. oh man, how they just kind of tie him together. What's interesting is, too, that now that she she's, whether she's actually queen, I, you know, will remain to be seen when the show comes back. I mean, she sat on the throne, but that's not make a queen. Yeah. Um, and with people with a more legitimate claim to the throne coming back, I, I kind of like that setup versus somebody who people thought had a legitimate claim to the throne. So it just it throws everything really up into the air where anything could really happen at this point. And no one was even happy for her getting on that throne. It's like no. it was such a, a sad room. Yeah, like in contrast, like everyone rooting for the king of the north for Jon Snow. And then you kept to the scene of her going on the throne. and Everyone's like. Oh man! <laughs> Even Jamie did not like seeing her on the throne. Well, yeah, uh, isn't it like funny that like he killed the Mad King because the Mad King was going to burn a bunch of people with that wildfire, and now she did the exact same thing. He's going to have to kill her too, right? <laughs> I mean, if that was he his principle, stance, her. I know he, he loves her. And yet, every time he seems to leave King's Landing, one of his kids dies. He doesn't got any left, right? Yeah, so yes, yeah, so he, he's free to leave now. He doesn't yeah. have to worry about uh, about anybody. So one other thing we have to talk about before we move on, for sure, is how kick ass was Arya. Oh yeah, that's another one that I didn't I didn't see coming until right when he said, 
you're not one of mine. Uh-huh. And then you're like, oh, wait, <laughs> this is not, this is not going to be good for him. <laughs> yeah. In, in a show with uh, 30 characters, I forgot about Aria. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was so, so great. Um, and she slit his, his throat just like uh, Callan got her throat slit. I, I like how she, she's got a, a flair for the dramatic. Yeah, <laughs> basically, you remember, yeah, like the, uh, the, a lot of people with the last thing you're going to see before <laughs> you die is, uh, is my face. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was really good. So you know, it was only just like one scene that just, I mean, they set it up a little bit with her walking around serving and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I didn't suspect. Yeah. Did you guys? <laughs> no, I no. Yeah, it was a great I surprise. definitely need to rewatch the episode for those little moments that maybe, you know, you look away for a moment or you just, you know, didn't quite capture the essence of the of exactly what was going on. So yeah. actually, I'll probably go watch the last two episodes back to back. They'd make a nice, like, long feature to watch. So with Bran being touched by that Night King on his arm. Like, that was what allowed them to kind of go under that tree, right? Like, it broke the magic spell there uh, in uh, the Hodor episode? Yeah. So, he still has his arm marked, right? So, like, that whole thing where uh, Benjamin Stark was talking about, like, oh, I can't go past the wall, it's got magic on it. Is he going to unbreak the wall, too? Is, is Bran just going to ruin everything? <laughs> Bran goes back through it. It'll... He's got. He's got to go past the wall, and then like there, that spell's going to be gone. That's what I would imagine. I don't know. That's. I don't know. I guess that's a possibility. Oh, uh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> oh, Bran. I don't know. <laughs> I thought that. I thought that all that did was it allowed him to see where Bran was. So by uh, getting him back across the line, that was to protect him. Oh, that okay. was. I mean, I, I could know, be I wrong. I thought there was something too that that though that not just find them, but allowed them to go into where they were hiding out. Though, since nobody at the at first nobody else could get in there. I just totally expect a scene next season that's like that. Uh, what was that? Uh, World War Z, where all the zombies are climbing up uh, <laughs> the wall and uh, Israel. It's gonna be like that with the wall yeah. here. They're just going to be stacking on each other, climbing up. Do you think that'll come next season, or do you think that'll come the last season? Because I was kind of thinking that next season might be the final battle for the crown, and then the last season would be the, like the final battle against the White Walkers. Or do you mm. think it'll all just kind of play out over both seasons? Yeah, they'll probably string them both out. I mean, they're, they're talking about only doing uh, seven episodes next season, right? I think, yeah, it's Which... like six or seven for each season. Which I kind of love, like, you know, don't don't pad out the show unnecessarily if you don't have the story to do it. Yeah, do as many episodes as you guys want for the proper story. That's awesome. Although it's a bummer that we get less episodes, I guess. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we get two seasons, so maybe we'll get 14 instead of only 10. Ah, uh, yeah. And, you know. I, just really, I just really enjoyed the episode. Like, there was no time where during the episode where you sort of wandered or anything you were just eyes glued to the screen because you, you didn't know where things were gonna go scene. oh yeah even sam scene where he goes to the library that was so cool yeah. getting to see that library yeah. it was gigantic hogwarts yeah, yeah, that... yeah exactly 
It was magical. Yeah, they definitely upped the special effects budget for for this yeah, final episode. I mean, because they, they had lots of, you know, like blowing up the keep and all of that, you know, inside the library. Mm-hmm. So many ships at the end of the episode, dragons flying around, you know, lots of stuff, uh, lots of stuff everywhere. With, but all looked pretty good. Yeah, m- money well spent on this uh, season, the entire season. Man, such a good season. So yeah, it seems that we all quite enjoyed the season six finale and are looking forward <laughs> to where things are going to go next. Because it really was such a season of getting more and more of these groups together and setting up these coming battles or potential battles. Because mm-hmm. it has been for a while where you you go, well, they had some ships, but they didn't really have people to sail a lot of stuff. But when is Daenerys going to... I mean, she's got some... She already had a pretty large army and then has, like, doubled it here recently. Yeah. It seems. I was like, all right, she doesn't need any more people. Go ahead and, and head so on like, over. It was like, yeah, it's time to go. Uh, so, so yeah, definitely it left everything in, you know, especially with those closing scenes of, you know, ships with thousands and thousands of soldiers and dragons and everything heading across the the sea. You're like, okay. Yeah, who's going to even oppose her? Yeah, so when is next season? <laughs> you know, like, when... Is the Lannister army even that big anymore? Yeah, I don't know. Roll in and be like, oh, I, I don't know why I spent so much time gathering all these people. This was easy. Well, and how many of them are going to fight for Cersei? I mean, exactly. I mean, especially with her brother coming across on the boats. Yeah, well, yeah, that's mm-hmm. the thing too. You have you have Tyrion that knows, and what you know basically was part of the reason why it wasn't captured previously, and so knows how they how they protect, you know, the city and, you know, has some insider information that could help any battle. Plus just a giant, giant army that seems way bigger than anybody else's army anywhere. So, yeah, we'll see what happens there with, uh, when season seven comes back Mm -hmm. uh, sometime in 2017. Too long from now. And with that, we'll move on to the next show on the list, which is Preacher. Uh, the last episode that aired was season one, episode five, South Will Rise Again. And we talked about this last time on the podcast after the first episode, where most people that I had talked to, including myself, weren't really sure like what was going on, but were intrigued with some of the characters and whatnot. Uh, but apparently, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Carla, you, how are you feeling after the first episode? Um, I didn't finish the first episode. You didn't get through the first episode, so <laughs> so you you what was it that you didn't like, or what was it about the show that didn't at least intrigue you, know, you enough to want to you know finish the episode or watch the next one? I think part of it has to do with I mean, there's just so much TV on right now, and it just didn't hold my attention. I kept finding myself like not paying attention, and I'd be like, "What's going on?" and I could tell it was a show where you really had to pay attention to understand even remotely what was happening because it wasn't meant to be understood. At least that's kind of how I felt while I was watching it. Um, And I just kind of was like, I am not enjoying this and there's way too much TV on and now is not the time for me to watch it. So 
I emailed you and said, do I really have to talk about it? <laughs> <laughs> and so instead, you know, I caught up, I rewatched roadies and, uh, watched unreal. And I had some other stuff I needed to watch and that I liked much better. And I actually read a book, <laughs> a book. What? You have time for books. <laughs> <laughs> instead of watching preacher, I read a book. <laughs> What what is was, this? Was it uh, the graphic of? novel for Preacher? <laughs> yes, was, although I think you need, uh, even though they've apparently changed a lot of stuff up from the graphic novel, I feel like it's sort of a show that if you have the graphic novel as a basis, you might at least sort of understand the characters or have an idea of what potentially. Oh yeah, happen. absolutely, absolutely. Well, and that's what I thought I might do is read the books, you know, the graphic novels. And as a non-reader of those, I felt lost as to, okay, you just introduced me to three characters, but what is the show? You know, like, what, what's going on? And so I originally thought it was a much shorter season when it first started. I thought it was only going to be like five or six episodes, not, I guess it's actually ten. So I, I w- sort of originally planned on watching it because I, like I said, I was sort of intrigued by some of the characters enough that I w- wanted to watch another episode and I was like, well, I'll watch it to the end. But then as I'm watching it, I'm like, wait, wait, wait. You feel tricked. <laughs> it's, it's, there's more episodes than I thought there were. And so now I actually have, I did watch last night's episode, but I just, I have legitimately no idea what's going on <laughs> see unreal <laughs> is so much better right <laughs> at least i know what's going unreal on unreal <laughs> creature uh i don't ha- i like i still like some of the characters and some of the interactions the you know some of the fight scenes are good and all of that stuff but story-wise i have no idea like what's going on and I'm not sure that I'm going to continue on with, like Carla said, there's other stuff. Like I, I should be catching up on 12 monkeys instead of continuing to watch this. I think. Yes. But, uh, what, 12 monkeys. <laughs> what do you say, Grant? Oh, you're, you're going to drop it. Really? I don't know. I, I, I am. I do find it hard to drop things once I've started them or and yeah. well into it. Cause now I'm like, well, there's only five more episodes I could watch <laughs> to see if, but I'm like, do I really need to keep watching this to see if, in episode eight, they finally tell me what the heck is going on. Uh, I imagine you, if you're frustrated already, you're probably just going to stay frustrated. <laughs> if it wasn't gelling for you in the first episode, like kind of the bizarreness of it, the mystery of it, then I don't know if it's going to uh, come together at the end of at least the first season. Uh, that said, I did read the comics. So I do have a pretty good understanding of what the show is what, and kind of what it's aiming for and uh, the tone it sets and the weirdness. And, you know, I was pretty nervous about this show um, even showing up on TV. I think a lot of comic book readers, fans of the, the book, because it seems pretty unadaptable. It's it's really bizarre. It's a road trip movie with a guy who uh, gets a demon inside of him that basically allows him the the word of God, and he teams up with his uh, criminal girlfriend and a, a vampire and travels across the country uh, in search of God so he can uh, 
make God account for his departure from humanity or something like that. Uh, if I might summarize it a little, like kind of terribly, but, uh, I thought that they, they actually adapted it great for the comic book reader. They made uh, huge deviations from the comic. It's not, it's not following the, that main plot really too much. It has the right characters and it has the right tone. But I completely agree with everyone else who says that they are having trouble uh, following it. No, I don't completely agree. I completely understand. When other people say they can't follow it, I get it. I understand what's going on, but it it's nutty. And they are not they're not holding anyone's hand. And they're really taking their time to explore it. And I'm not sure if that's to their detriment or not. I mean, your explanation of what the show is makes me want to give it another try. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Maybe if they they had explained it a little bit more up front. Well, I don't don't know. I just think that you need like a little something. I'm fine for leaving mystery and 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 doing stuff that makes you go, okay, what's you know, what's happening next? Like, I don't want to know, like the whole story. That's why I'm yeah, watching yeah. it, you know? <laughs> but I want to feel... I, I've talked about it before. There's feeling lost, and there's feeling lost. And yeah, then, it, you know, there's, there's... They haven't established that drive, which, in the comic, like, early on, he gets this ability, and w- with it comes this revelation that uh, there is a god, which he had lost his faith. But uh, there is a God, but that God has abandoned humanity and has been neglecting them. And that's why things have fallen into the way they are. And he's like, well, that's messed up. You made this you made this mess and uh, you should be held accountable. And I'm going to come get you. So he goes on a hunt for God. (laughs) That's kind of what's going on in the comic. And that's a driving force within the entire narrative. At least you have that to kind of fall back on whenever any of the other story plots get a little weird. You're like, well. Ultimately, his motivation is that. In this show, it's unclear what his motivation is. And so he's just kind of sitting around Bumpkin Town, uh, West Texas. And and uh, there's a bunch of other shady people. And he's got this ability, but yeah, no motivation with it. So I, I agree. It's a little weird. Yeah. Well, they also do stuff like a couple of different episodes open up with this cowboy the story thing. In, the, in the past and you're like mm-hmm. how does this connect or is yep. it or is it going to connect because usually in something like oh, that, it'll connect yeah it, i'm sure but... it will connect but usually in something like that there's something in the scene that connects to something later on you know that the present day but mm. they're just like telling this other story that somehow is going to connect at some point, but you just get like 10 minutes of it to open your episode. And then you go to the credits and you come back and now you're in present day and you're like, well, what the heck was that? <laughs> like, what that's, was that? That's perfect. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it, the first time it did it, I was like, wait, am, is this the right show? Mm hmm. I mean, I, I could tell people because I want people to keep watching the show so it stays on. <laughs> I mean, in the other but... flashback, it's obvious, you know, it's it's super obvious, you know, you're they're, it's flashing back to him as a child and his dad as the preacher in town. And stuff. Yeah. But then this is flashing back to like 1881 or something. And you're like, OK, well, how is this? Uh, you know, I, I'm sure it's it's going to, but it just feels weird 
that there's no connection within the episode whatsoever, and they spend a great deal of time. Like the other flashback, it's more of an actual flashback. Like it pops back to like Jesse think it looked, you know, like that's what he was thinking about or something, or it relates to what his ordeal is like in present day or what have you. Yeah. Uh, some of these other things just pop up and you're like, what, where, where am I? And, and that's just it. As I don't, there, in all of these things, there's too much stuff that just loses me and not in the way that I, like in the first episode where I was still intrigued, I become less intrigued with the, <laughs> this world. I, I thought this episode in particular was a little bit sloppy. There didn't seem to be, I mean, this would be a filler episode in like a later season after you've kind of earned it, but they should be a little bit uh, hungrier and more frantic in this first season to win people over to a, a very bizarre and heavy uh, plot. And I think I, I agree. Uh, uh, I, I feel like they should have a tagline. Like you just said, this is really weird. <laughs> that should just be their tagline. Like you said there. Well, it's not often that a show opens up with, it had to have been a good, what, I don't know, seven, eight minute segment before the credits that had nothing to do, at least at present so far, with anything else that happened later on in the episode. And so you're just following this other story, but it's only popped up like twice. So it's not like it's a normal thing. And then sometimes the episodes don't open up that way. And sometimes they do. And to me, it's all just uh, confusing and not in a good way. Cause the, you know, there's things that are confusing on game of Thrones, but in an intriguing way, like, <laughs> like want to know, you know, more about that, not feel like I'm, I don't know. I, I've, I felt like I'm starting to waste time with, <laughs> with it. Uh, since it's not like I'm not connecting to it on an ongoing story basis, like I, it's okay to watch these people do weird stuff in this little town, uh, but I I don't know that I want to wait till episode ten to finally get something that connects all these pieces, and then you go, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that seems a little late in the game, but I think that's a uh, I don't know. I think that's enough about my confusion of Preacher. And uh, we can move on to the next show on the list, uh, which is Rhodey's (laughs) episode, season one, episode one, Life is a Carnival, uh, the series premiere. And I take it, uh, Carla, that you liked Rhodey's? I do. Well, the first episode I liked. Uh, It was all right. (laughs) I was not not super... uh, super intrigued by it. I mean, I like the cast, but I've never been a huge sort of like music guy. So when all of these characters just talk so super nostalgically about these different bands and, and all these things, I was just like, Oh, wasn't that precious? Uh, but oh, I see, I didn't I think I that part care. didn't matter to me. <laughs> it was the characters that I liked. But that seemed to be like their driving motivation was that they were so, you know, you had the one character that was about to quit because she just didn't love the music anymore. And then they changed up their set list and she fell back in love with the band and didn't quit. 
And it was like, all right. To me, it wasn't about the music. It was about finding your passion and that life without passion is not worth, like, is not worth it. So regardless of what your passion is, and in this case, theirs is music, like, that's the the way I looked at it. It was kind of like, for me, it was kind of cathartic in that way, where it's like, well, what's my passion? What would make me want to do that type thing? I can see it from that. I mean, that's kind of how I saw it. I mean, because, I mean, I like music, but, I mean, not like that for sure. So I, you know, I thought I looked at it more as a universal statement than specifically about music. Um, I could have done without the sex, to be honest. I thought that that was a little like unnecessary, but we'll see if that kind of plays into it. Um, future episodes. <laughs> that was another problem I had with the show. It's a pet peeve of mine. I, Hey, boobs are fine. You you want to put them in your show, perfectly fine. But I have a pet peeve of a sh- of shows on premium cable that open up a, with a scene with a naked woman, and or or some sort of thing like that, where that's that's the first thing. It's like, hey, look at us, we're on premium cable, and I'm just like, oh, really? But yeah, does exactly. Actually, does does it actually make any sense or whatever? Uh, and I mean, it sort of played into the story. A little bit later, because the it, she was the daughter of somebody, and and whatnot. But it was just one of those scenes that you're just like, it, 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 I mean, it opens the episode, and you're just like, really. Uh, I mean, the only thing that I could think of is why they did that, and maybe this would justify it, is to say, okay, this is a show about the roadies, but the roadies get as much action as the band. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I don't know. It just it's just one of those scenes that it it's, it didn't need to open with it. I guess I don't know. But uh, well, and, the, and then the stalker sex scene that one was even worse. Well, yeah, in the was, kitchen. I mean, well, that was you know in the middle of an of an episode, and that's another like, hey, look, we're on premium cable type of stuff too. But for me, really, it's the ones where they open with this big sort of attention grabber with some sort of weird scene or naked woman or something like that. You're just like, how about just, uh, tell me an interesting story. Like there's some, some other, there's been some other shows that I've almost been turned off by the opening five minutes that turned out to be fantastic. Like master of none on Netflix. It opens with a similar type of scene. That's just a total attention grabber. But to me, it was a total turnoff, and I almost didn't continue on watching what turned out to be a great season of TV. So I don't, I don't know. What, what say you, Grant? Yeah, I, I agree with you more so on this, Jason. That uh, I mean, I, I've liked some things of Cameron Crowe's in the past. Uh, he did, but Jeremy Maguire, I thought it was okay. Almost Famous was a lot better, and this certainly seems a lot more in the vein of Almost Famous. For me, I didn't like a lot of the characters in the show. I felt like they, some of the scenes weren't really earned, and there was not enough Louise Guzman. Why show him early on, and then just like at the very tail end? Ah, waste of Louise. I, I guess overall, just wasn't really feeling the show. I don't know if this is a storyline I want to visit week after week. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't hook me, even though. I like the I, I like a lot of the cast, although they've got some 
you know, they, they've got the one guy who's pretending to be British and also seems to have a crush on the girl that was going to quit, but Milo, the Milo character. Yeah. And it seems to be a super talented uh, guitarist himself, but is <laughs> yeah. uh, just something weird there. There was a lot of, there was sort of a lot of weird and strange characters in there. And, but there wasn't the whole arc of, you know, somebody leaving and then deciding to stay. That didn't, I didn't, didn't connect there with like wanting to follow along to see like how it goes for her there. I didn't really care about the, uh, you know, the British guy from the music company that was sent to get a handle on the, the expenses of the, of the tour. I know there wasn't really, you know, any storyline, you know, the, the two leads with the, uh, Gugino and Wilson and they're both in love with each other, but he sleeps with anything and she's married to somebody that she never sees story that didn't ca- catch, you know, uh, that didn't interest me. I don't know. They're just, uh, I was semi interested going in like a story around music or whatever, you know, it's focused on the backstage and not front stage is not necessarily going to be super interesting, but because of the cast and some of the people behind it, I was interested going in and it didn't even meet my sort of lukewarm interest enough to, uh, to keep on, to keep on the road with roadies. (laughs) I will say that the first time I watched the episode, I saw it, um, in January initially, um, for, they did a panel at TCA and, um, I was kind of lukewarm on it, but then when I watched it again this time, and maybe it's I'm in a different place in my life now than I was in January, or like I looked at it from a different perspective, or sometimes just watching something a second time, you get a better feel for what it is. Um, I liked it better this time and see more potential for wanting to continue watching it than I definitely felt in January. So I get where you guys are coming from. Um, I haven't watched episode two or three that are available um, for press yet, so we'll see if it kind of holds my interest or not. Yeah, I, I liked it definitely better than Preacher. <laughs> I mean, that's sort of the, I guess, the telltale sign for me is I had access to the next two episodes and I didn't watch them. Instead, I, I didn't watch them because I had to watch Unreal. But usually, I mean, I had I had time. I mean, I could have watched that. I could have watched that, but instead, I watched the first two episodes of season two of Killjoys. So that uh, <laughs> so that was my priorities. It didn't hook me enough. But there's there's shows that if it hooks me, and I have <laughs> it's, it's happened in the past. You basically end up binging whatever they send you because you're like, oh my god, yeah. that was amazing, and. So this didn't hit that nerve for me. So I will say I debated back and forth watching episode two because I was like, oh, I want to watch episode two. But then Game of Thrones is going to be coming on and I need to eat. So it's kind of like <laughs> food and eating dinner before Game of Thrones started kind of one out and watching a little of the uh, celebrity family feud while I ate. Well, we seem to be mixed on roadies, which seems to be what I've sort of seen out there I mean, Amory 
recommended it. It was her recommendation last week, and she loved it. And she did watch all three episodes. So you know that tells you, for her, like she instantly connected to it and wanted to watch as much as she could. Uh, so you know, I've heard, I've heard both sides, and I, I sort of fall in the middle. I'm just like, it's, it's perfectly fine. It's just not for me. I think it needs to do a bit more to win me over. All right. And with that, we'll move on to the last show on the list, which is Silicon Valley, Season 3, Episode 10, The Uptick, uh, the season finale, as I said, which ended, I think, a really good season of of Silicon Valley. I really enjoy this show. But what did you think, Grant? I love this show. I think this is the best comedy on TV right now. The It's just uh, Mike Judge does a great job of making you uh, follow along with self-sabotaging losers, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) And, man, just um, all the the back and forth. I I find, like, the business aspect of it, sometimes I get a little lost in it. So, like, oh, there's another whatever business thing. Somehow they're going to screw themselves over on it. And, yeah, sure enough, they do. But I love the formula, I guess, because I I just want to – uh, watch these guys continue to get burned and to talk trash to each other all along the way. Yeah. I did like that it sort of came to the story came to an end this season and they ended up starting to get big, but then almost crashing, but ultimately get saved because of Ehrlich. Yeah. Uh, who's, <laughs> who's always just right behind and doing stupid stuff and like, you know, totally blew through big heads money and, uh, you know, and and ended up losing what he had a great thing that he had there after uh, and then having to ultimately you know sell his shares and not be it, it was just a fascinating turn yeah, of events yeah, there. and then ultimately ends up you know use you know having bought the blog ends up selling the blog and i i so great because it also works out well because also a lot of times Gavin Belson at, at Hooli ends up as, you know, he's the person that bought oh, the, he's, yeah. he's the person that bought the blog so that the elephant story wouldn't get out. <laughs> which ultimately and it enabled you know, that. Yeah, which ultimately <laughs> ends up giving Ehrlich the money that Ehrlich ends up buying the company that he was going to buy for a million dollars. You know, so he, he, he like screws himself out of something by... <laughs> you know, trying to get out of something else that he's also gotten himself into. Yeah. Uh, but I like that it ended with that whole group, you know, a- including, uh, why do I, I blank on characters names? You would, uh, who are you talking about? Uh, with the, was it, is it Monica? Monica. Yeah. 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 The, with, you know, with her there, you know, like part of the group, part of the team. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and big head back. And they're all just, you know, sitting around. And even a prank call from a GN, Jin Yang. And just sort I, of I, puts I, them back at a different level, you know, to try and grow again, you know, type of thing. It didn't completely reset, but, you know, just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it, it, it consolidated all back within their own group after, like, all that crazy stuff and lets everyone still be a part of the story. I thought it, it was pretty smart writing from that perspective. And the best joke was, 
um, uh, Ehrlich Bachman's whole land on the law of, you know what, you're, you're going to be under my thumb, I'm going to control you, and you're going to have to earn my respect, and then that just immediately <laughs> jumps out to them all being buddies again. Yeah. <laughs> that, that part killed me. Yeah, they're sitting there, uh, yeah, they're all sitting around, and they're going back and forth, you know, all buddy-buddy, and, he, you know, he's getting high, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. he, like he always does, and and everything seems to be just fine. But, yeah, just the the whole turn of events where now you come to the end of it, and, and the company's still alive, but now Ehrlich owns half of it, and Big Head owns the other half of it from where they started, uh, you know... You know, a couple seasons ago, it's just destined for for pain. Yeah, <laughs> next love, season too. I love the big head just sort of fails into everything. <laughs> he just like fails. Yeah. He failed like hugely upwards at Huli, and then failed out of Huli with a giant severance package. Uh, but then, like, totally this just falls in his lap. Yeah, and then then totally just like ends up blowing all that money, but ends up being part of the sale and owning the, the blog, the, the news blog that got sold. And so ends up back at the company that he originally was at, uh, the, the, whole, the whole thing, all, all the stuff they do sort of making fun of the tech and the, the business aspects and the, the big, you know, sort of the big Google like company, you know, and, yeah. Uh, and each other, but yet all the all those other companies like Google and everything else all also exist. Yeah, in the world, <laughs> even though even though in the show, Huli is sort of like the big thing, but they still talk about uh, these other companies, uh, you know, that are that are real companies with within the show too. So that's that's sort of a funny hybrid of of you know the fake with the real that they do as well. I'm very impressed with the the duo of Guilfoyle and Dinesh and just how well that works and how how uh not sparingly but um judiciously they they use the characters they they don't kind of go overboard because they must know that it's it's a fan favorite just like how those two interact but they 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 use it with proper moderation it's not like uh like an entourage when Ari Gold got popular and then it just became the show of Ari Gold for a while. I, I, I appreciate that they they always use the characters in moderation and it always pays off. Yeah, they, they do. Those two play really well off of each other and and they they sporadically, you know, there's usually a couple different scenes where they're used to basically make fun of each other in some way, uh, which yeah. are always always entertaining <laughs> and make some sort of either like really complex or very niche tech jargon like hilariously accessible to the regular viewing audience yeah that's it's just been it's just, it's, it's just been another good season i look forward to when the when the show returns yeah it's it's been it's been a solid a solid little peek into like Silicon Valley, you know, like with this, this weird thing of venture capital and tech and all the, all these competing for all this money and whatnot uh, in, in the Valley there. So that'll do it for Silicon Valley and for the primetime segments. And we'll move on to the uh, TV recommendations. 
Uh, first up, my recommendation is Killjoys, which premieres this Friday, uh, Yay! July 1st. Obviously, I've recommended it previously, but put it back on the recommend list because I've watched the first two episodes of of the season and uh, continue to really enjoy the show. I like what they've done in the first episode to set the story arc for this this next season where shows tend to, you know, try and go bigger and bigger and bigger and pretty soon you just can't go that big, <laughs> you know, it gets ridiculous and so I appreciated that this was just a little bit of a pivot that makes something a little bit bigger a potential, you know, bad guy or, you know, entity or what have you uh, that they'll be going up against. But it doesn't completely change what the show is, but gives them an interesting new direction, you know, potentially thing to explore for uh, this season of the show. So uh, if you haven't watched Killjoys, jump on season one and uh, get ready for uh, for season two, which starts up, as I said, on Friday, July 1st. And uh, how about you, Carla? What is what is your recommendation? I will second the recommendation on Killjoys. I have not watched any of season two yet, but season one was one of my favorite fun space shows to watch. So it's very good. Watch it. I am also going to make a recommendation for the sci-fi channel, which is unusual. I watch a lot of things other than sci-fi, but I right now, by far, my favorite show on television is 12 Monkeys. And it's going now into the last three episodes of season two. You could easily catch up on season one, which is on Hulu um, and season two before a week from tonight or whenever this goes out for the last two episodes. It's a show that does time travel and does it right. It makes sense. You don't have to sit there and like analyze it. They don't drop things like maybe another time travel show that premiered this last mid season. Legends of tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. It really there are consequences to when they make when they do something, there are consequences and it changes the show. And, you know, season one started with them uh tr- going back in time. Cole goes back in time to try to stop a plague that's gonna wipe out all of humanity. And from there, it goes into much more deep time travel-y things. And the relationship between the characters are amazing. Um, I just can't speak highly enough about it. Uh, The visuals on the show, like I want prints of, there's something um, called the Red Forest. I want prints to put like all over my house. It's just so gorgeous. So anyways, the acting's great. The characters are great. 12 Monkeys. If you like time travel shows at all, this is the one to watch. And if you haven't seen the movie, that's great because it really has nothing to do with the movie. A couple of the characters or a few of the characters are somewhat based on characters from the movie, but you don't need to have watched it at all. And there's some crazy on the show, too. I second to your recommendation. So go uh, catch up this weekend. Yeah. It's a holiday weekend. It's going to be hot out. Yeah, you don't uh, want to go outside, watch 12 Monkeys, yeah. and then watch Killjoys. Yeah, yeah I, I second to your uh, recommendation of 12 Monkeys, and I'm probably going to be seconding one of uh, Grant's recommendations as well. So, uh, Grant, what do you uh, recommend that we check out? 
one of my recommendations. That's because I'm recommending two. <laughs> uh, and one of them is pretty self-serving. But uh, the first one, which is less so, uh, is the show Detectorists, which is on Netflix now. The first season's on Netflix. This is a British show. I'm not sure if it's like Channel 4 or BBC or what it is exactly. But uh, it is Mackenzie Crook, who you might recognize from the British version of The Office or uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean. He was the Dwight character, from uh, Gareth, from the British version. Uh, him and Toby Jones, who you guys from Hunger Games, he's in that recently. You, you've seen the, this guy, Toby Jones, though. Uh, they are metal detectorists, and it's a very small story. It's six episodes in uh, the first season, in you know, <laughs> as uh, British shows go, uh, six thirty-minute episodes. So it's it's nice and small, and it's this simple little story of these these two kind of bumbling guys trying to in a way find themselves as they're they're using their metal detectors to find other things in this little uh small town and there's something just kind of delightful about about the show i, I it's not like a, a knee-slapping comedy it's a light comedy but uh it, it's got good heart to it and it it's it's fun and it it has it has some of those echoes of of uh the light-hearted uh, humor that was underlying in the office when it wasn't just the Ricky Gervais hour. Uh, so yeah, I'd highly recommend that one to anyone who's just looking for a short, sweet little show. I think it's got two seasons total and then a Christmas special also, like they they love doing. And yeah, the they do love other their show, Christmas specials, don't they? they yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I haven't gotten on to the second uh, season, but it shouldn't take long to watch. Uh, the second show I did want to mention is Terriers, which also uh, it's one of those one season and done shows from a few years back on FX. Is this the one that you were talking about that you would yes. recommend? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Terriers is a fantastic show. It's about two uh, beach cop detectives in uh, Southern California that they're just kind of privatized that fall into a big a case that's way over their heads, basically. And the people in the show are Michael Raymond James and Donald Logue, as well as a, a, just a great cast of uh, other characters. And, uh, I mean, the show is, is so good. It's so dark. And the, the problem is that a lot of people miss this show because of a terrible name and terrible marketing and a, a little bit of confusion on everyone's part. But But I think... When everyone ends up going back and watching the show, most everyone loves this show. The the dialogue is just so sharp. The the scenes uh, can transition from hilarious to really dark and, and at the drop of a hat. And the performances are, are fantastic. And why is this self-serving? That's because uh, on my site, uh, thetvdudes.com, we're going to be uh, my co-host, Randy Lander. He's going to be doing a watch-through of Terrier's it's got 13 episodes. He's going to be doing a uh, watcher of all of them. And uh, hopefully he's going to be having some of the uh, creators and, and talent uh, on and off screen uh, popping in throughout his uh, watch through to kind of give a little bit of insight and discussion. And that'll be coming out in August. I think he's doing his first episode recording tonight. So yeah, I want to kind of plug that show. Didn't you guys also get some interviews with the, with them at ATX? Oh yeah, we got to, uh, my my uh, co-host Randy got to talk to 
the Sean Ryan and the creator Ted Griffin of the show, which is pretty cool. The interview itself is is already up on our website and uh, on our uh, iTunes stream. If if you, anyone wants to go check it out, uh, is is a nice little episode where uh, Randy tries to ask him in as many ways as possible when he's going to get more of the show. <laughs> that was a one season and done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's yeah. Terriers was great. Terriers. I actually think the name Terriers is actually a good name with better marketing. It exactly. Actually, yeah. <laughs> the name <laughs> Terriers actually works for the type of, they won't let go and they keep going, you know, at it. It, it, it makes sense. Uh, it just doesn't when you put a giant dog on your poster and then people are like, what well, is this show about a couple of guys that own a dog? <laughs> like, <laughs> is, is this a dog show or? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, this? the emphasis was in the, the wrong, the wrong place, but yeah, that, that was a great show. Definitely worth checking out. And, uh, also was a fun panel at, at ATX with the, uh, the giant head of Michael Raymond James Skyping in on the, the big screen behind the rest, yeah. of the, <laughs> the rest of the panel uh, at the Alamo Draft House. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. But uh, we'll have uh, we'll have links to all that stuff, all the you know, podcasts and and uh, interviews and links to where you can find those those episodes and those shows, as well as where you can find Carla and Grant online uh, in the show notes at tvtimes three dot com slash three two nine. And next week. I'm going to be in Chicago for a podcast movement and I've been able to uh, scramble together a couple of other people that are also some other TV podcasters that are also going to podcast movement. And uh, so I'm going to have Troy from the blacklist exposed podcast and Mark from the warrant is all uh, the Killjoys podcast. Mark also just finished doing uh, his uh, orphan black podcast. And I'm really interested to find out how <laughs> he does a dark matter podcast, but Last year they played sort of at different times. Now they're going to be on the same night, so I'm interested to see what Jeez, his week, what his weekends are going to be like for the next ten weeks. But they're both going to be on the podcast. We're going to record and in person, so that'll be interesting to actually sit in the same room with the people that I'll be recording the podcast with. So that should be fun. And as always, if you have any questions or any thoughts on any of the shows that we. We talked about, like, uh, do you understand what's going on in Preacher? <laughs> Are you going to travel with the roadies? You know, let us know. You can send a feedback at tvtimes3.com or hit us up on Twitter at tvtimes3. And uh, thank you again, Carla and Grant, for uh, joining me on episode 329. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Are you still there? Did we lose Grant? Whoops, I was muted. Huh. <laughs> there you ah. So you missed all sort of witty things I was saying earlier. <laughs> uh, some of you just I, made I some of saying, your best points? <laughs> yeah, that? they were fantastic. I was like, maybe they're just not hearing me. But it turns out you guys weren't. And we were. Uh, <laughs>